diving much more into linear regression part three. Welcome to a new episode again with Paolo and myself, Alexander. How are you doing, Paolo, today? I'm very good, uh, Alexander. Very excited to be here to start a new episode. Yeah, we have talked a lot about regression and all kind of different things in the past. And of course, you know, when we think about regression, we first think about linear regression and you have continuous outcomes. And that's great, but unfortunately, not everything in the world is continuous or maybe happily. And one of the very common things is that you have these binary endpoints like response, no response, did buy, didn't buy, clicked on the link, didn't click on the link, all these kind of different things. And so if you want to understand what impacts these binary endpoints, you can't use kind of the, the usual linear models. But there is a nice trick you can do. Paolo, what's the trick? Yeah, you know, I would build a logistic regression model, maybe, instead of model the linearity with the identity function, because maybe you, you just use your Y as it is. Maybe there is a trick to constrain your Y, which is binary, 0, 1, in a minus infinite plus infinite space, like for the yeah. standard continuous case. And it's basically done by the logistic function. So we just transform our zero ones into continuous variable via the logistic function. So we have uh, our logits. Yeah. And the, the trick is there is that, you know, for the original linear regression, you basically, uh, you can also think of it from a, the average perspective. Yeah. So if you think about, you want to understand what is the, if you have, you know, this linear regression model for each individual observation. So y equals alpha plus beta x. Yeah. You can also sum it up. Yeah. And look into what is the average of y. Yeah. And then you still have a linear model. And here it's a wor works the same way. Yeah. Here the y is not just, you know, continuous, but it's zero or one. And if you sum up over these zeros and ones, what you get is the proportion or the number of responders. Yeah. The number of the ones that you have or the number of the yeses or the number of whatsoever. Yeah. And so you look into see this average, yeah? And that is here then if you have, you know, everything is zero or one, it's something between zero or one. And it is the expected value of this, yeah? So you model again the expected value. Yeah. And so, you know, the usual way to estimate that is why is the, why is the average? And so now you need to get that into something that is 
from minus infinity to plus infinity. So what, what this logit does, it takes this average, let's say the probability, let's call it P for having a response of one, P divided by one minus P, and then you take the log of that ratio. And that is this kind of nice S-shaped curve. Yeah, that goes from minus infinity to, to plus infinity. Yeah, which sometimes is called in a different way. For example, uh, if you follow the machine learning community, for example, uh, this is mainly called sigmoid function. Ah, okay. But it's basically the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are just talking about uh, the logic. Yeah. There's also some kind of other ways to look into it. Yeah, so here we have this log of this ratio, but you can also use the normal probability function as a transversion of that. And then you get the so-called probit models. Yeah, or you can just use the natural log logarithmic of that or other areas. And so with that, you get all kinds of different functions where you can then model, model your, your probability. And on the right side of the model is again, kind of a alpha plus beta x. Yeah. Same as with the original linear model. So it's a very, very nice and easy extension. Yeah, the probit model is really interesting because it's a, so to say, threshold model. You are hypothesizing that uh, you have a latent variable underlying your probability. And then uh, when this uh, underlying variable is above certain uh, point, then uh, you, your probability for one becomes higher in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, the general concept uh, uh, of the thing and then uh, it's quite uh, nice to see that uh, you start from logistic regression uh, you you have now the logit link or probit link but then uh, you know once you realize this uh, mechanism you can apply to many other situations and you have the generalized linear model so it's a way yeah. to generalize what you have with the linear model in general, our yep. linear regression. And the really nice thing about it is with the logit model, the interpretation of the coefficients. Yeah. So if you do a little bit of calculus and you solve this equation for beta, you will actually see that beta is the odds ratio for an increase of one in X, yeah? And if your covariate is just binary, yeah? So, so you have basically two groups, then you directly see that that relates very, very similarly to the usual square test that you have in a two by two table, yeah? You look into the odds ratio again. And so that's very easy. So you can just say, okay, if you have a beta of one, yeah, then you know that the odds ratio. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not uh, easy for 
everyone, for oh, example. Sorry, it's a big... I was wrong. It's a it's a log odds ratio. Log it's a log odds ratio. Yeah. yeah, it's a log odds ratio. So you you have the odds ratio if you have the beta on the exponential. So you have uh, e to the power of beta is... to the power of beta, and then uh, this is the odds ratio, which is not super easy for me in the sense that uh, for some people you need to sit down think a bit about it but uh, in the end it's really powerful you have uh, you, need, you just need to exponentiate your coefficient and you get the odds ratios if you have um, i mean uh, especially if you have a binary or uh, covariates with multiple uh, categories that's really nice to, to have this direct uh, interpretation. Of course, some people struggle with it. And uh, I came across to one uh, funny paper so explaining that uh, maybe for psychologists who are not accustomed to this kind of models, maybe it's better to have uh, a linear regression under uh, some conditions because the interpretation uh, is much more uh, easy and uh, under some circumstances uh, it, it's also correct. But in general, the logistic regression model is really a powerful tool. Yeah. There's a couple of really nice things about it. Uh, the first is that it doesn't matter whether you, how you define your outcome. Yeah. So if you have outcome, let's say blue or green, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you call blue one or green one. Yeah. And the other one zero. Yeah. Because then just see instead of better, you have minus better. Yeah. That, you know, very easily kind of translates. Also, that's, for example, not the case. In, in many other areas where if you're looking, for example, in the relative risks, yeah, these actually do change. Yeah. So, so if you have, let's say, in one hand, you have a 5% chance and in the other, you have a, let's say, 6% chance. Yeah. Then the relative risk here would be... 6% over 5%, so about 1.2, where if you look at the, the other way around, you have yeah. 95 over 94%, and that's pretty close to one. Yeah. So the interpretation there depends very much yeah. on what you call, a, or the, for example, a success or a response or whatever. And so... Um, that's important to have in mind with with the with this the odds ratio approach. It's yeah. more uh, easy to interpret, and also it's a it's a really powerful tool. And some and we should have in mind that uh, it's still a regression because uh, you see many papers from the machine learning communities that uh, uh, linear regression is for regression and uh, logistic regression is for classification. Uh, this is not completely true. So we are still on the regression framework, but we are just using the link function to, to have everything uh, in a convenient way. Yeah, and now you can you know, do prediction and with that classification in the same way, actually, as with you know, what we talked about in the linear regression space. 
yeah? yeah. So if you now have covariate x, yeah, you can just impute it into your function, and then you get a get out a probability, yeah, and uh, then you can you know based on these probabilities you can then predict what is the what will be the outcome, yeah, and if that probability and the nice thing is you can even have some kind of cost function on it, yeah. So let's say it doesn't matter whether you know you make a false positive or false negative thing, yeah. Then you can yeah. just say, well, everything that is above 0.5, yeah, 50%, we say that is one. Like, likely a one. Everything below is likely a zero. But if you want to be more cautious, yeah, and say like, well, you know, when we predict one, we really need to be more sure. You can just say, well, that's only for those where we, you know, the probability is more than 80%. We call yeah. predict these other ones. For all the others, we predict it's a zero. Yeah. Then we minimize, you know, the probabilities that we actually predict a one when actually it's not a one. For the cost that we more often say it's a zero when in fact it's more one. Yeah. yeah, it always depends on the cost of uh, the false positives or false negatives. Yeah, yeah. The cost of uh, missing cases or maybe having too much false predicted cases in your uh, prediction exercise. Yeah. So maybe, for example, for all of those that have a one, maybe you actually follow up on them. Yeah. And you maybe these are the people that have clicked on an email, and for all those that have a one, you want to uh, set up a phone call with them. Yeah. Well, you know, then the cost is the investment of the phone call. Yeah. And you probably want to make sure that you really invest in these that will then, you know, actually do something, yeah, buy the product or whatsoever. And so, yeah, that could be an area where you maybe want to have a smaller false negative prediction. So, yeah, but that always depends on the, on the business or, yeah, their environmental setup. Yeah. So hopefully you have seen how this logistic regression works very, very similar to the linear regression. Yeah. And so you can do about, you know, the same things in terms of predictive events and all kind of fun stuff that you could do with linear regression. You can do in the same way with this logistic regression. So feature selection and whatsoever. Yeah, sure. Okay. Any final things to add, Paolo? I don't think so. I think that uh, the basics uh, are covered. Uh, as always, uh, we will include some hard code and Python code to play with it uh, and uh, get the basics. So have fun. You, you'll find in the show notes. Thanks so much. Thank you.